Welcome to the Rural Births podcast. This podcast was created to record and share stories from the many rural women who have birthed, to allow them to voice their experience and learn from them. I want rural women who are pregnant, planning to get pregnant, or entering their postpartum period to feel supported and know that, although care may be via distance, there are options. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced on you and country. We acknowledge the innate birthing wisdoms and traditions held by the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of this land. We remember the first women of this nation, the custodians of land and birth, who birthed on country in culture and tradition. Here, as we share in stories, stories of birth, preconception, pregnancy and postpartum experiences from remote, rural and outer regional communities, may we remember and stand for the cultural significance of birth, women's business and birthing on country. May we nurture and support women through this rite of passage as we hear of possibilities ignited and limitations created. May we share in the power of storytelling and memory as we listen and learn from these birth stories. And may we always remember the ancestral wisdoms belonging to the country these birth stories occur on today. is a teacher and mum from Kangaroo Island in South Australia. She lives on a property about 30 minutes from her local hospital. When she fell pregnant, she already knew about the great birthing facilities available on Kangaroo Island through her family, and so this made her care choices easy. Courtney had a fairly uneventful pregnancy up until the 2019 fires hit. She was due to give birth that summer, and this natural disaster increased her stress levels in this last month of pregnancy. Thanks to the community spirit on the island, Courtney always felt cared for. A local midwife even made a house visit when Courtney was in town having evacuated to her sister's house. Together they did some checks on Courtney and the baby, and this community access and support alleviated her stress during evacuation. Her son Hudson was born eight days late. Courtney went into natural labour in the middle of the night. Her husband was her birth support person and with the local midwife and obstetrician present, Courtney gave birth to her son Hudson in the same room her husband had been born in. Her postpartum was well supported 
by community health visits. However, when Courtney was ready to venture out, COVID-19 hit and socialising was not possible. Courtney has had an eventful experience, but taken it all in her stride. She shares the power of community and in making connections and the support that can be ignited for pregnant and postpartum women in rural communities. Trafui and I live on Kangaroo Island in South Australia um, and in my family there's myself and my husband Zach and our eight-month-old Hudson and then a couple of work dogs and some chook and a heap of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and you're living on your husband's farm were you saying he grew up there? Yeah yeah yep yeah. his um his family farm um yeah it's a bit complicated really but they all there's four of them in his family and they're all farmers um well yep. his sister is married to a farmer so we're on um one of the family properties lovely and so tell me a bit about your journey to living on kangaroo island yep so i'm a teacher um and my sister and her husband actually live on kangaroo island and i've been here for about 12 years now and i always wanted to move to the country i'm from the city and um my dad used to be a farmer and is a livestock buyer for Woolworths, so he spent a lot of time in the country as a kid and um a job came up here and that's mm. how i ended up here through my sister really and that's also how i met my husband um yeah and then the rest is history i've been here ever since yeah so you were living on the mainland in south australia yeah yeah in adelaide in the city um but yeah, always, always wanted to come to the country. I did actually teaching prac over here um, and played netball over here. Yeah. And then <laughs> got to the point that I felt more at home on Kangaroo Island than I did in the city. And I thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to live. So yeah. Yeah. So as a location, um, what is it like if you did want to access the city? How long would that take you? And what would you need to do in order to do that? Yeah. Yep, so it's we live about an hour away from the ferry and that's so an hour drive to the ferry and then a 45 minute dry, uh, ferry ride and then another yep. hour and a half to Adelaide from there. So all up, it's about a three hour, three and a half hour trip to the city, um, but you're on a time limit. So the you can only Just book. Just got to get back to the ferry. <laughs> yeah, yeah have to be there half an hour before so you know you're constantly looking at the clock and it's not just a matter of packing stuff and going if you forget something and you're on the road that's it that's gotta stay behind so yeah yeah it's yeah. not in distance it's not that far but just the the boat makes it that bit trickier you can't just get up and leave when you want yeah <laughs> um so not having come from kangaroo island yourself what kind of um, expectations do you reckon you brought to birth and pregnancy before you personally fell pregnant? Yeah, well, I was um, pretty lucky. My sister's had all her kids over here. Um, so I had a bit of an idea of what it meant to have a baby on Kangaroo Island. Um, and I was quite aware that the hospital over here is quite oh. good and the 
clinic and really need that if anything was to go wrong, they can fly us out and we're in 20 minutes, um, yep. which, is, which is really good. But I just in things. We just wanted to have our kids. So my husband was born here in the same room that we delivered Hudson as well. And it was just a nice little, I don't know, just something to carry on the, the family tradition, I guess. But I think, yeah. I'd heard only positive things about the hospital over here and I didn't even think about or look into having a baby anywhere else really. Mm. So um, whose advice uh, you look to your sister for um, what she had but then also um, did you look to um, books or did you try and reach out to additional courses while you were pregnant with Hudson? Um, not, not really, I guess, because it is, um, a fairly small community over here. A lot of people I know, um, have had babies and kids around. So I sort of look to them mm. a bit more than anything. Um, and one of my really good friends actually had just had her baby nine months before <laughs> we had Hudson as well. So yeah. between her and my sister, I just asked them lots of questions and, um, funnily enough, the um they offer birthing courses over here yeah but, um the fires actually started the day we were meant to have our birthing course so that didn't quite happen the way we planned but that's mm. <laughs> so on to that what was that like being pregnant and surrounded by um yeah. a climate that was kind of well, i guess who definitely wasn't all that relaxed into, you know, birth. Yeah. It was a yeah, different yeah. kind of time and environment. Definitely, yeah. It wasn't um, definitely not what we planned. I don't think you can plan any of that or expected, um, really. I'd sort of planned to spend all my summer down the beach, floating in the ocean, thinking I'll just ease into having the baby. But um, no, we, there were other plans. So... Um, yeah, it was, I don't know how to describe it, but I was eight months pregnant basically when they started and mm -hmm. I definitely had my moments a couple of times. We thought we were going to lose our house and I had to evacuate and stay in the main town while my husband defended our property and our house. And, um, yeah, I think in a way being pregnant was a good thing because it made me realize that I had to actually relax and be calm and I yeah. couldn't think if I had the baby in the middle of that that just would have been horrible so um yeah it was good that I was still pregnant and didn't have a newborn because I think that would have been really difficult for myself and my husband being you know he was out here and such phone service didn't work for a while and um yeah all he had to focus on was being out here and defending here but if we'd had the baby I think he'd be a bit more um worried for us and yeah thinking about yeah. us a bit more but yeah it was yeah <laughs> crazy times but definitely yeah yeah and then to in, have gone into this kind of period in your postpartum as well you've had like quite the adventure of like yeah having to go to different places and then having to kind of settle in and stay indoors it's it's been a, yeah. a spectrum yeah. of things you've had yeah. to kind of 
move through and around. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, I don't know. I sort of take things with a grain of salt, like the fires and I guess COVID, a lot of it is out of my hands. But being in a small community, I guess you've got everyone's support in that and you're not the only one going through it. Um, I was the only one quite pregnant at the time, but um, yeah, it was, it's kind of funny actually. My sister lives two doors down from one of the midwives and Mm -hmm. one of the terrible nights over here, um, my sister just called up the midwife. I think, yeah, we thought we'd lost our house and I was a bit distressed and my sister's right, right, I'm just calling the midwife because she had her mobile number and she lives two doors up and she just came down and checked me out and had a chat and then she's like, yep, I think you're going to be okay. And that's, she said, why don't we just, they live across the road from the hospital. So why don't we just walk over and have the baby, check the baby's heart rate. And after that I was, yeah, good to go. But that's, you know, if I live somewhere different, that probably might not have happened. Whereas here it was just as simple as a phone call and waddling (laughs) across the road and that was that. So yeah, I think being in a small community, is yeah made made things a lot easier for me definitely yeah and that is the epitome of kind of community <laughs> spirit you got your yeah. midwife's number and two doors up yeah. and wanders yeah. down <laughs> yeah, yeah that's fantastic and to be able to call on that when you know you're not in labor per se but you're able to still get that care and support yeah yeah it yeah it was definitely um really comforting I think and I think that's what also helped with with everything and keeping calm and obviously I didn't want to have the baby at that time but yeah it it was nice to know that I had that medical support if that got taken out of my hands as well so yeah so if we go back um earlier in your pregnancy um when did you first kind of make contact with the hospital and did they have like what kind of care model did they have available to you was it like a gp and midwives or ob led or midwife led yeah yeah so um when i first found out i was pregnant i went to just booked a doctor's appointment we've got a medical clinic and a hospital and they the doctors work in the hospital and the medical clinic as well um, so I actually booked it with my doctor. She's not an OB, but, um, I just, yeah, she's a good, actually a good friend of mine as well, plays in my netball team. And so <laughs> I said, I think I'm pregnant. And her first thing said, she said to me, was, Oh yeah, I reckon you'll be able to make finals. I reckon you could keep playing. So <laughs> quite funny, but I booked in with her and then, um, from there we organized, we had an eight week dating scan. Yeah. Um, over there, so they they come over every fortnight, I think it is. Um, yeah, and then basically from there, I'm putting. We've got two obstetricians on the island, um, mm-hmm. and they um, sort of share. You don't choose between the two of them. It's just whoever's on yeah. at the time. So you see both of them, and then um, they put you on to the midwives from there, and. You basically, every doctor's appointment we had, which was, I think every, I can't remember now, but you see the doctor and then the midwife so they communicate with each other as well. 
same. Yeah, I found it yeah. hard to re uh, remember the pattern as well because it got so quick in the end of pregnancy. <laughs> like there was appointments yeah. all the time. But now I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't actually. I would have known if you asked me at the time, but now it's it's gone. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I remember asking my friend and she was like, I don't actually remember. And I remember thinking, how can you not remember? Like, I'll definitely remember this. And now I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> for any <laughs> kind of, how often did I go to the doctor? But yeah. yeah, I feel yeah. like we're in flow. Like we're just constantly being exposed to new experiences at the moment. Mums with their first kid, yeah. like I may may well be the same with your second kid as well. Like, but yeah, just being in motion, I find it hard to maybe grab onto <laughs> details as much as I once once could. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. Even just little things like them. When was the first time they crawled? Oh yeah, I'll definitely remember that. And then I'm like, oh, was it? so that's awesome that um for scans they would come over to the island and that was accessible there was there anything that you needed to travel to the mainland for or was everything possible on kangaroo island um everything was possible on the island basically because we had a pretty crazy um pregnancy we didn't have any issues um so everything was available to us over here and everything was tracking pretty well so yeah it was just a matter of seeing the doctors and um then yeah getting scans I think we had three scans all up eight weeks 12 mm -hmm. weeks and weeks and yeah um yeah that was it and because we had no issues um yeah we just had to we could stay over here with everything which was great and from your farm property how far is it yep. from there to the hospital so it's 52 kilometers to the hospital from our from where we live um which is only a half an hour drive um because it's mostly 110 kilometer yeah an hour so, um, and not a lot of traffic which is great apart from a few kangaroos you have to dodge on your way but um yeah and bitchized yeah. as well is great um so we yeah i think li there's lots of people that have had their babies and people are like oh you live a bit far out and i was like yeah but it's half an hour so it's not really yeah that 30 minutes isn't too bad the only thing that gets me about the rural roads um because i grew up in a city as well um is the wildlife like i think yeah sure someone who lives in southern sydney might have an hour to get to a hospital if they're moving across the city i can get that but they don't have to contend with wombats and kangaroos and, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. a fox isn't too much of a worry like it's quite small but like there's just yeah i wouldn't want to come a cropper on the side of the road and <laughs> have a birth yeah. before arrival because of a incident that was yeah <laughs> I always yeah. constantly had it going in my head about like oh if we're driving at night and it's gonna be like I might be going go faster and you just yeah. stick on it drive well <laughs> yeah yeah go faster but dodge the rays while you're there keep an eye out <laughs> <laughs> so um did you go into labour or were you induced when it came? Yes, yeah, so I, I went into labour. It was funny. We also shear um, in the middle of January as well. So at first, I remember when I first got pregnant, I was like, right, we're just going to get through shearing and then this baby can come and then the fire started. So I thought, right, we're just going to get through these fires and then the baby can come. And 
he was eight days late. in somewhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that eight to nine months seems like a pretty intense month. Like you're saying you yeah. had a cruisy pregnancy, but then you packed it all into that last month. Yeah, definitely. Yep, definitely. It was all. And then on top of that, actually, my grandma had a heart attack. The fr- he was born on the Wednesday and she had the heart attack on the Friday. So, um, yeah, it, it certainly caused that. <laughs> but she was okay, which is great. She's That's 99. Good. 99? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, really. But, um, yeah, we fit it all into that month. But, yeah, I went into labour naturally. So, um, he, he was said eight, eight days over. Yeah, yeah. So um, they let you go over here. I think it's ten days. Yeah. But that falls over on a weekend. So mine actually did. So I would have been, I think, ten days on the Friday. And the doctors don't want to induce you on the weekend because it means they have to work. So <laughs> they um, will wait until the Sunday night or the Monday. Um, yeah. But I. Was yeah, lucky enough to go into labour naturally, which was what I really wanted to do. I didn't try anything to do it. I just thought he'll come when he's ready. And if I have to get induced, uh, that's just how it is. But um, yeah, he... That's a good attitude. I tried everything and I think I probably slowed my body down. Like (laughs) when you can think too much about it and I'm like dates 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 pineapple like this yeah. tea <laughs> yeah and well yeah I think I overdid it <laughs> yeah I know well to be honest too I just um because we were still shearing at the time I was kind of like well if I hold on a bit longer we might actually finish shearing and we did so we finished yeah, shearing well. and then day and then he came the day after that so that was yeah pretty cool but um yeah so my waters partially broke at 1am in the morning um and was it that dramatic kind of ping and then go or was it something that just no I I was asleep and I remember it sounds a bit weird but I felt like I had this outer body experience of feeling like a contraction and then I it woke me up and I was like oh that was a bit weird so I thought oh maybe I'll just go for a walk to the toilet and as I was walking I only sort of partially broke and I was thinking did I just wet myself or what like what did actually happen there And so um, I was sitting in our bathroom and I called the midwife. And the, the funny thing is, is I'd, we've got three midwives over here and I'd met them all and um, was quite comfortable with them all. But the night I went into labour, there was a girl from Adelaide and I hadn't really, I was the only one oh, wow. on the time. So they knew me, but I obviously didn't know who she was. So when I called and I started talking to her, I was really quite confused because I'm like who yeah. am I talking to did I call the midwives and um in the end I called that late hospital yeah she's like oh my gosh sorry yes no you are you're on you're on the right call you just haven't met me yet but you'll meet me yeah. soon and yeah so I uh, we went straight into hospital um because and I how was the drive for you um, not too bad because I wasn't quite, I was having contractions, but they were still a fair few minutes apart. Um, and I, on the drive in, we were sort of laughing and I was going, Chuh, if this is contractions, this is nothing. Like I've got this, I can handle this. 
Zach's going, yeah, radio. Well, I'll, I'll remind you that. And <laughs> yeah, so you know, it was quite, um, quite, yeah, quite easy and quite fine. But I, because my ward is broken, I tested positive for, um, I can't remember the name A of it. BBS. Yeah, yeah. Well, that yes. they do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I tested positive for that. So if my waters did break, I had to go in and um, get antibiotics, basically. So, uh, yeah, we jumped on in the car and off we went. And the drive-in, yeah, I just remember giggling a lot and laughing and thinking, <laughs> oh, there's another contraction. And, yeah, everything seemed to be quite fine then. So, yeah, that's, that yeah. sounds like a good drive. <laughs> yeah it was that middle of the night drive too (laughs) yeah yeah really dark and yeah I remember I didn't even think about kangaroos at the time I was just too busy laughing thinking oh we're gonna meet our baby that's gonna be really cool and yeah 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 so that was quite funny but I'll just um check I think I've nearly won um So you're driving in and um, what happened when you arrived at the hospital? Yeah, so we just parked the car and um, they buzzed us right in and I met the midwife and um, there's a really nice birthing suite there. So we walked straight into the birthing suite and um, the midwife was great. She was just chatting away and sort of made me feel really comfortable. Um, And then uh, she gave me the antibiotics and I was just, contracting every now and again and laughing a little bit and then um within sort of I think it would have been about two hours later the midwife it was about I think 5 30 in the morning then and she said oh look I'm just gonna go home um I'm only up the road so if you do need me just just give me a call um but you you might start to transition soon and um things will get a bit trickier for you and I said yeah yeah that's fine still a bit naive as what was about to hit me and so um yeah off off she went and sure enough within half an hour I was transitioning quite quickly and um um, who was available to you so we had some nurses there that were they were aware that I was in labor so um yeah they that's the, the next part of the funny story is um, within the birthing suite, you, you get your own bathroom and shower, but it's um, it's not really down the hall, but you can hear a lot louder down the hall. So I decided that we'll try having a shower because that'll be that'll be quite comfortable. And everyone says having a shower is really good. And I thought, yeah, let's try that because I'm in a fair bit of pain now and I just want to try something different. And yeah. Um, I must have been yelling quite loud because I was lying in the shower and my husband sort of showering me with the shower (laughs) and one of the nurses who happened to um, be a bit of an elderly male came in and he said is everything okay are you okay and my husband who was amazing and quite calm and said yeah 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 no we're fine we're just trying shower and I'm sort of yelling on the floor going this hurts ouch and, <laughs> I remember um, genuinely saying ow as well like there was a moment where like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> yeah that was you <laughs> uh, 
Um, but he, I think I must have scared him and I must have been yelling quite loud for him to, to come in because he sort of said to my husband, um, <laughs> he sort of said to my husband, oh, I think I should call the midwife. I think I'm going to call her and... Zach said, oh, no, 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 we're fine. That's all right. We'll, we'll call her in a minute if we're worried. And mm-hmm. he said, no, no I'm, I'm calling the midwife. I'm, I'm going to call her. I'm calling her now. And so he sort of went off and called the midwife. And she came in not long after that. And after that, I actually ended up getting an epidural. So I was sort of laughing from there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was my funny birthday story. This poor old nurse had come in got a bit of a shock because um yeah the whole way <laughs> in a fair bit of pain but yeah so um it felt better after you got your epidural yeah, and yeah. were you stuck on the bed at that point after yeah I, I was it? yeah yeah but it wasn't um too bad so I couldn't I could feel the pressure of contractions but I couldn't yeah, all the pain was gone. And yeah. I, a main reason I decided to go with the epidural was because I just couldn't concentrate. Like I couldn't, they were saying, is your baby still moving? And I was going, I don't know. I've got no idea. I can't even think about yeah. that right now. Like, it can be so hard to answer their questions when like you're just not in a question answering zone. <laughs> yeah, I was just in a completely other world. And I remember the similar thing. So my husband went to go get... Um, a bottle whoops and I wouldn't let him go and he said it's just he's like it's just two meters away just let me go grab it for you and I was like no I was just clinging on to him I couldn't yeah yeah I wouldn't wouldn't let him go so um yeah I'm glad I got epidural at that point yeah. because I think I could start to concentrate a bit more but yeah it did mean that I had to lay on the bed um which you know, I didn't have a birthing plan. I went in quite relaxed just because a lot of um, friends of mine have actually sort of had emergency caesareans because things haven't gone to plan and um, just all sorts of things. So, yeah, I decided I was going to have no plan and whatever happened, happened. And we went with the epidural in the end. So, yeah. yeah. And it is cool that, like... Um because it's something that can be put on at different levels that like you can actually still feel parts like you were just saying you could feel there were contractions but it just wasn't causing that kind of huge pain yeah yeah and they were really good actually they monitored that um affair throughout it the whole time so there were times when I couldn't feel anything and they were like oh we might just adjust that a little bit and then it was the middle going oh you're having a contraction and I'm like oh am I (laughs) like I can't really feel anything so um they were really good at adjusting that and my um obstetrician was actually the one who could put in the epidural as well so that was yeah, a multifaceted really GPOB. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You had to be over here. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was good. And um, yeah, it didn't seem to slow down um, me dilating or anything. So, yeah, it was good. I got to have a sleep, and my husband went to have a sleep as well. And so I sent him off to go get lunch at one point. <laughs> so that was good. So, yeah. So, um, what kind of time was it then that things started 
moving on again? Yep. So um, I think about eight o'clock, I ended up having the epidural. And then at about one o'clock, one thirty, um, I started, they checked and I was only eight centimetres dilated. And at that point, it was time for the midwife to swap over with um, the other midwife who I actually knew um, yeah. as well. Small town community. I taught her daughter when I first yeah, came yeah. to the island. <laughs> um, but, you know, you just that's what happens when you live in a small country town. But, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, so it was time for her to swap over. But she'd said to me, look, I've been on for my quota, but you're, you're pretty close. And if you're ready to push by the time I'm meant to clock off, if you're happy, I might stay. And we'll have both, both of us here, and, but I'd just really like to stay. And I said, yeah, that's fine. I'd love you to stay. You've, you've been here most of the time. So that'd be great. Yeah. But the poor thing, she left. And then within half an hour, I was fully dilated and, and ready to push. And um, that... Uh, I think about at that time at about um, 1.30, the doctor had come in to check as well. And he said, oh, how are you going? And I said, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. And he said, oh, well, um, you know, maybe it might be time that we start to wean off your epidural so you can feel when it's time to push. And I said, yeah, look, I've, I've had it pretty easy. So I think I can deal with, with a little bit of pain. So, yep, start to, to wean it off. And, yeah, within that time, I'd sort of, fully dilated and was was ready to go so this this new midwife that had come in had came in straight to the edge so, yeah. straight to the pointy end yeah 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 and so what do you kind of remember about birthing Hudson yeah so it hurt but um yeah. I I pushed for a fairly long time so I was pushing for about an hour and a half and he he wasn't stuck, but he was slightly twisted um, and he couldn't bend his head down properly to get through. So the doctor ended up just suctioning his head not to pull him through, but so that he could tilt his, his head down so I could push him through in the end um, because I was pushing for so long. And over here, they let you push, I think, for about two hours before they start to go think about an emergency Caesar. So, um, yeah, it was tough going. And I think I was getting pretty exhausted at that point as well. And I remember thinking, oh, this is just too hard. I think I'm just going to have to get a cesarean. And my husband... I uh, must have sensed that I was getting a bit puffed and I remember him distinctly saying to me, come on, Courtney, you can do this. It's going to be heaps better for your body and your recovery. You've got this, you know, you're nearly there. You're doing really well. And that was sort of what I needed, I think, to, to keep going. And the doctor also, he um, he's South African and so his voice was really calming and I remember he just giving me very strict instructions as to what to do and um that really helped as well and um yeah so Hudson got a little bit stuck but we we got him out there but yeah I did tear a little bit because he had quite broad shoulders too um but yeah he was out and the whole way through we thought first of all we were going to have a girl and second of all, because I wasn't carrying too big, I was quite little. We thought that um, 
he would be little, but when he came out and so did the doctor and when he came out, the doctor, he was like, Oh, I was wrong. He is big. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, and the, another really great thing over here is they're really um, good with skin to skin. So basically as soon as I got him out, um, he did have the cord wrapped around his neck, but nothing too bad. Um, yeah. And, the Often doctor basically unwound and then they yeah heal. yeah and I I mean I had no idea it wasn't until after that my husband said oh that was quick moves and I was like what are you talking about and he said oh they just unwrapped the cord from his neck I was like oh okay yeah. but um they yeah put him straight on me basically and we got to have some skin to skin time which was really yeah really good um and yeah, I can't remember how long we did, but it was, yeah, they were certainly in no rush um, to to get him off. I think, yeah, then after, I don't know whether it was 20 minutes, half an hour, I'm not sure. They got, um, the doctor obviously knows us quite well um, and knows my husband quite well and he sort of made him cut the um, cord and I think, Zach was a bit reluctant to start with and the doctor's like, no, 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 here you come, come down here. And um, so he got to cut forward, which was really cool. Now I think looking back, he's really happy that that, that happened. And then um, yeah. they went to go weigh him and all that kind of thing and got my husband to come over. And a really great thing they do over here too is when they were stitching me out up, um, all in the same room, they give Zach, my husband, skin to skin time as well. So no. he got to get, take his shirt off and and have a cuddle. So that was yeah, yeah, really good. And yeah, something I I felt really um relaxed and comfortable with and something I really wanted to do and yeah, was really happy with that too. So awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic that they promote that skin to skin for dads too. And yeah, that it can still all happen in the same room while you're, you know, because it can take a while. I I think stitches mm. for me took quite a while after I tore. Um, and yeah. it wasn't quick to get it all um, done. I was still in that room for a fair while. I I yeah. tell you the time. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you've got a bit center and all that kind of stuff. So at that point, I think that's yeah. I think that's when they gave him sort of a bit of a blur, but that's when they gave Hudson to Zach and he, um, yeah, got to have a bit of a cuddle. So that was good. Yeah. And the placenta can like, like, oh, it's no worries. And I'm not saying it hurts. Like it's not the same at all, but I think no. I expected it to be really banal, like Meh, the placenta, here it comes. But it was yeah. like, oh no, this is a... This is another thing. Yeah, I still yeah. need to. <laughs> I don't need to do a lot, but it, it just wasn't as um, easy as I thought. Yeah. It was. I think I just thought yeah. it would be nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. You're sort of, yeah. I was like, what do you mean I have to do that after? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think before you have a baby, you live in this world oh. where you just baby out and that's it, but there's a oh. whole lot of other stuff that afterwards hi Henley <laughs> is making himself known in this episode yeah. have to add. <laughs> uh, Hudson's finally asleep so that's good <laughs> so um after you gave birth and after you've had 
your stitches and your husband's had his skin to skin time, did they move you to another room and were you both able to be accommodated or was it just you yeah. and husband? Yeah, so um, the it's they're sort of next door to one another. So you've got the free room, and also the um, yeah the the place that you can sleep as well. So it's all in one area, which is which is great. Um, so we got to stay in hospital again for about i think five days and i've got it's a sort of a king single bed but they've got a couch um that you can fold out into a single bed so we're all yeah. able to stay together which is good because hudson didn't do that 12 hour sleep on the first night he was sort of thinking yeah. what to have myself into and was wide awake and i'm really glad that i had zach there um just to help out a bit mm -hmm. as well and I remember he was quite cranky and um at the time I said oh his world has just completely changed and Zach said yeah so is ours we're all birthed in a sense in that moment yeah yeah so um yeah it's good there they were in no rush to get us out and and I think too, because I was the only one um, having a baby on the island at that time, they were, yeah, really accommodating and um, happy for us to stay as long as we wanted. The doctor um, really wanted us to get our feeding sorted before we left. We had a bit yep. of trouble um, to start with. Um, yeah, so how did they um, give you guys some help? Yeah, so we had two midwives. The midwife that was actually meant to be on um, who had hurt her back and, and obviously couldn't work. She is a lactation consultant as well. Um, so it was, there just are many multifaceted people on Kangaroo Island. <laughs> yeah, you have to be, I think, because otherwise, you know, people don't come over here to, well, people don't come here to have their babies, but yeah, it makes it, makes it tricky. But she was on leave at the time. Um, and so, yeah, that was unfortunate that she wasn't there. Um, so she picked up that he had a bit of a tongue tie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he was pretty determined to feed, but I was in a fair bit of pain um, feeding. So um, it was quite stressful. It was probably one of the biggest stresses, I think, obviously, apart from the fires before he came. But um, after that, that was a big thing for me. Um, I really, really wanted to breastfeed and I was really determined to do it. But it was really, really painful um, for a while. And then when she was able to come back to work, she basically sorted us out um, pretty quickly, which was good. And I feel very fortunate that she could pick it up and and was able to be around at that time because I think if not mm. I probably could have given up um yeah feeling so yeah it's a massive learning curve and I think it is probably one of those other things that like my cousin and I've spent a lot of time talking about it because we both had kids mm. at a similar time that yeah. it's really easy to underestimate and we kind of you think I guess I did as well like yeah but it's this complete new skill, this way you've never used your body in this way yeah. before. And it's yeah. very abrupt the moment yeah. that it's needed. Yeah. And, um, 
So it can be, I guess, heightened the feelings around that because you've got this little person and they need it yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. And w while you're trying yeah. to learn and there aren't many high pressure situations like that where you have to do something that you've never done before and try and do it very well immediately. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And it's all down to you. And I don't, I think I, I found that not a lot of people spoke about breastfeeding. So when you're pregnant over here and everyone's like, Oh, the birth, it's going to hurt. And I'm thinking, yeah, of course it's going to hurt, but no one really spoke about breastfeeding. So I felt, mm. um, it wasn't until I started talking about it a bit more to other people that I felt, yeah, really isolated in thinking that there was something wrong with me. And, um, you know, I was like, Oh my goodness, what, you know, I'm his only food and to go to the shops, it's not a matter of, um, driving you know 10 minutes down the road you have to there's no chemist that's open here they're in nine to five um monday to friday and then a couple of hours on the weekend so getting formula wasn't simple so i remember getting quite stressed about it thinking i'm his only food what am i going to do and um we didn't even buy formula just because it didn't i didn't realize how tricky it was going to be just no, we, we didn't have any formula either. I think that would be me just expecting a snap. Yeah. It, it would work. Um, I, I was very fortunate it did. I'm just definitely not going to deny that it hurt. Though, in yeah. Those. <laughs> yeah. 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 My friend came to visit us in hospital and, like, I had the kind of screw up your face for the first 10 seconds kind of thing. And she's like, that does not look at all appealing. It's like, yeah <laughs> it's it's a thing <laughs> yeah. definitely this is new and yeah 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 but um, now it's we're oh at the time it felt like hi <laughs> you're so excited <laughs> um so did a maternal child health care nurse come to your house when you went home yeah, yeah. So you have the care of midwives for weeks, basically. Um, and then within that time, the cast comes and visits too. Um, and the midwives will come out to the house, which is great, um, as much as you like. So they come out once a week or if you decided that you didn't want them to come, they wouldn't come. Or if you wanted them to come every other day, they'd be happy to come out and visit every other day, which is, yeah great really good and particularly because we so far out of town um for them to make the effort to come out and visit was yeah great and sometimes it was just nice to have the company of them to you know come and yeah. sometimes washing or i remember one of them said to me if i come to your house and your house is really neat and tidy i'm gonna feel a bit worried but so um, that was good. I felt like I didn't have to sort myself out before they, they came around, which was good. Yeah, nice. That's, um, it would definitely be different because your husband's family is there and your sister's mm. there. But I think postpartum can be one of those really isolating times in rural life. Maybe all together, yeah. like maybe postpartum can just feel isolating full stop. There's just something yeah. about postpartum in a rural environment that there's certain things that people can often miss out on. So I think that's phenomenal that um, mm. 
Kangaroo Island is doing that postpartum care in an yeah. ongoing fashion. Yeah, and it's it's really it's great actually because you do feel supported if you want that support too and I think too there's lots of young mums around at the moment which makes a really big difference so I'd have people that I knew that I wasn't really that close with just text and check in and say hey going I know it's really hard like hope you're going okay if you need anything and um, obviously the cat's nurse would come and visit and similar thing to the midwife she said look I can come and visit every week or no if you're happy for this to be yeah, once well. off that's and um you've got my number so just text or call that's fine um so yeah it was really good because I I definitely think if they weren't around it would be um particularly when you live out in a property and it's so easy to to get missed and yeah they were yeah great. um because did you find during postpartum that you didn't kind of leap back into life like you took time at home and stayed mm. for a bit yeah yeah I definitely did and um so he was born the 12th of February and then I think about a month later that's when the COVID stuff started happening but um just little things like I think 10 days after he was born we have the KI Cup over here that my husband went to and I just stayed home because I thought oh it's just hot and I don't want to go out have everyone touch my baby and people will be having a good time and I'm still feeling like what has just happened to my body and (laughs) yeah and yeah. like having had stitches, it can be hard to sit down on all seats. Like some seats yeah. are just a bit more appealing than others for yeah. sitting down. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So um, yeah, so I stayed stayed in for a, for a bit. But and when I was just ready to start to get out a bit, that's when COVID hit. So <laughs> I was yeah. kind of stuck at home a bit longer, which was, I mean, that was what it was, and it was fine. But. Yeah, so um, I managed to get to a couple of playgroups, I think. So they have playgroups over here once a week. Um, and Kangaroo Island's really big. So we've got three towns, sort of, and um, I live about 10 k's out of Pandana, which is just a small small town, and they do a playgroup there once a week and one in Kingscote and one in Penishore as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah so that's that was good I managed to get to a couple of them um which was yeah great yeah and was that before COVID hit or has that been after COVID yep so I think I went to one or two before COVID hit and then after that yeah they stopped them obviously for a while and yeah they're back now but we couldn't, took a while to get into mother's group as well. So they do organise a mother's group over here, but. Um, is it organised by the nurses or is it someone local? Yeah, yeah the cat's nurse, she organises it. So um, there wasn't, number one, there wasn't a lot of babies at the time. Um, yep. And two, with COVID, it took a while to get it. We've only just started it two weeks ago. Um, and the age gap, Hudson's eight months and then yeah. the youngest, um, eight weeks. So yeah, a, <laughs> I was about to ask what the gap. bracket was. We need bigger brackets yeah. for rural towns to have those. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's, that's the 
COVID, but also the small town and the fact that there yeah. wasn't a lot of babies around yeah. at the time. Like you watch yeah. the series on Netflix, The Letdown, and it's these yeah. mums in the CBD and they've all had their baby within a month of one another. And yeah. There's so many of them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm like, you know, six months worth of babies in one room. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And I sort of, yeah, I think I would have enjoyed it. I, it's really good, but I would have enjoyed it a lot more if Hudson could sit still and I didn't have to chase him around the room at the time. But, yeah. Okay. yeah, we've just yeah. got a mother's group started recently, not um, by our nurse in town, but um, by yeah. a doula. Um, and yeah, Shan's 18 months and then there's women who are pregnant at the moment. It's still wonderful. It's so wonderful. Yeah. I'm just a little here and there at times yeah. as he's on the move and excited about different yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, I get that too. It's a it's a different yeah. different world. I'm like, oh, I wish he could just sit still like newborn is to. <laughs> yeah, you kind of the newborn days were difficult for different reasons. There's just a yeah. um being in one place isn't as easy as it once was. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So both in your pregnancy and then in postpartum you've had kind of big events occur yeah um so kind of in two ways like for rural people who might be in an adverse kind of situation or just in general what kind of message or hot tips would you have for rural women in their pregnancy and postpartum yeah i think reach out to people that are going through a similar experience to you whether they community or a different community um i think that really helped me i i do have a lot of friends that have babies at the same time but there's people that i've made connections with that i never would have if i hadn't had a child and um just to have conversations with them so that you know that you're not alone is really important because it you can feel really alone and um, you can think, is this normal? I don't know. Should I, should this be happening? Um, and you, even though you've got that mother instinct, you sort of question lots of things as well. Um, but I think reaching out to, to people who have either recently had a baby or are about to have one or yeah, that's my, my biggest tip, I think. And, and there's, there's something about mothers that, they're just you know it's daunting to talk to someone but they're actually yeah. really happy to yeah to <laughs> yeah Maybe we can appear distracted at times while we're doing different things but yeah definitely it's a, a barrier that isn't a real one like it break it yeah. down because behind it people are just wanting to connect yeah yeah definitely and i i think the other biggest thing that i can have and it's a lot easier said than done but um you know just try and relax a bit because in pregnancy and motherhood there's a lot of things that happen that are out of your control and i think if you just try and work with what you've got as best as you can and you know just focus on on what you can do and what you can fix and seeing out for help if you're if you can't fix it and you
thank you again to Courtney for sharing her rural birth story and for sharing what the facilities are like on Kangaroo Island in South Australia. If you would like to share your rural birth story, please get in touch on Instagram at rural underscore births or via email ruralbirths at gmail.com. And once again, thank you.